0: Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is church council. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on those running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I am Pastor Amanda Zentalo, and it's my honor to serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran
1: Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. All right, what is church council?
0: (laughs) The church council is the actual governing body of a congregation in an ELCA Lutheran church. Okay. So at the end of the day, the congregation has the true power. Okay. All right. So big decisions, who you're going to call as a pastor, major financial commitments, those kind of things all have to be voted on at the congregational level.
1: And the majority of the congregation has to go, yep. Or nope.
0: In your bylaws and constitution, there will be a quorum that will be designated. It mm-hmm. will either be a percentage of your voting membership or a specific number of your voting membership. Okay. And then various and sundry according to Robert's rules. Simple majority or three-quarter majority or whatever would need to be achieved.
1: But instead of having to get everybody together for every decision, Mm -hmm. you're basically appointing a group of people to make some of the more mundane day-to-day kind of choices? Precisely. Okay. So when it comes to things like
0: hiring our new director of music ministries, Uh huh. that hire technically was completed by the church council. Okay. Now, the church council had delegated the task of finding the individual, interviewing the individual, and recommending an individual to another committee, but at the end of the day, it had to be ratified by the church council because the church council are the ones who can take us into contracts with individuals, organizations, et cetera, okay. and not the pastor, the church council okay. are the ones who do that.
1: So who makes up the church council?
0: Different congregations will have it made up in different ways. Okay, And that information will be, hopefully, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> if congregations are current on their legal documents, Okay, and you can hear me talk about that in a previous podcast, hopefully your congregation's bylaws and constitution will show all that information. The specifics of who is on your council, how many members, how long they serve, those kinds of things can all be found in your bylaws. Okay. And so here at Central, our council consists of the executive council and the at large council members. Oh man, you're getting more complicated by the second. I know. Isn't it fun? So your executive council is made up of your president, vice president, secretary, and finance chair. Okay. Now, in our congregation, instead of having a treasurer, we have a finance chair. Okay. And that's the elected position who serves on the executive council. So in addition to the executive council, we then have our at-large council members. And some congregations, even our congregation up until just a few years ago, the council could be made up of the chairs of the different committees. Okay. Right? So a lot of congregations do it this way, so that the chair of your worship committee is a member of council, and the chair of your youth committee is on the council. And so each person is kind of representative of different committees within your congregation. Okay. Central, about five years ago, right before I got here, made the decision that instead of having the chairs of the different committees serve on council, that they would have at-large council members members who didn't have to be on any committee, but were members of the congregation who had been voted on to council. Okay. The benefit of that is that they don't have to make a commitment to two meetings a month or more.
1: Yeah, that can be a deal breaker for many people.
0: Right? That's a lot of time Mm -hmm. to be able to commit to a congregation that a lot of people just don't have anymore. It also means that our at-large members may or may not know exactly what work is happening within the congregation. They may or may not know what the committees are doing because they may not be on any committees. Uh-huh. But it also frees up that our committee chairs, if you have a committee chair who's really passionate about a particular area, they don't have to step away from that area if they're not ready to. They won't necessarily term out. Okay. Okay. And so it can allow the committees a little more continuity while still allowing additional new leaders to step forward at your church council. Okay. So for us, that's really helpful because one of the challenges that Central faced, and I think a lot of congregations have faced out in this country, is the same group of people doing all the leadership work. Uh Uh-huh. Right? They're doing such a good job. They're doing so great. And then eventually it becomes, well, no one else can do it the way that I do it.
1: Uh, And then it
0: becomes, well, no one else is willing to do it. I guess I'll do it. uh And then it becomes no one else can do this. And I'm really tired of doing this, but no one else is going to step up, right? Mm -hmm. And you see how that leads down to a path of resentment resentment, and frustration and burnout. It's not a healthy environment for ministry to flourish Mm -mm. and it doesn't lift up and create new leaders it just recycles the same leaders and leads to burnout and resentment so when I interviewed here that was actually one of the things that they discussed in their call paperwork that there were a lot of leaders who are burnt out and tired and that they needed new leaders and new people to step up Mm-hmm. And so, since I've been here, we've enforced term limits, which is really hard for some people because it feels like they're being forced out. Yeah. But the goal is truly to say no. This was your commitment. And it's no, for
1: your protection. As no much one
0: else anything. wants to step up into these positions if they think it's a lifetime sentence. Uh huh. Right. Like, I don't want to serve a lifetime sentence on council. I'm willing to give you three years. But I'm not willing to give you 15. And if we don't encourage people to respect the term limits, then new leaders won't step forward.
1: Absolutely.
0: So that's what we've been doing. Folks term out. We need new leaders. We need to lift them up.
1: So who can be on council?
0: Anyone who is a voting member of the congregation.
1: Which, ironically, I believe the voting members of the congregation are voted on by the council. Yes, they are welcomed on by the council. (laughs) That is is a weird circular thing. Right? Because
0: one of the council's responsibilities is to maintain the membership list. Okay. And to maintain who is a voting member of the congregation. And so they have to vote to welcome someone onto the roster of voting members. So that means that anyone who is confirmed and older and has made the commitment to be a voting member of the congregation is eligible
1: to serve. Yes, that means my son- At nearly 17, is a voting member because he was confirmed. That's right. But my daughter at 11 is not. She has not gone through confirmation yet. Correct. So he
0: could be a member of the council and be part of that voting body.
1: Oh, that would be hilarious. And part of that
0: leadership. And many congregations have a youth representative on their council. Well, it makes sense. It's a great position. And their voices have oftentimes been pretty spectacular. Oh, I bet. And it's also often a difficult commitment for someone young to make because the meetings can be long. Oh, I bet. Now, admittedly, we only have one meeting a month in our council. So we have one meeting we start anywhere between 7 and 7.30, depending upon what time that iteration of the council has decided upon. And we'll often go until 9 or 9.30 at night.
1: Okay. That's a long meeting for a youth to attend. Uh, yeah, that's a long meeting for anybody to attend at night. (laughs) Age aside. Yes. (laughs) Well, what happens if nobody wants to be on it, as you'd mentioned before?
0: Then your congregation can't get into legal contracts.
1: So you just really can't do anything. Correct. Wow. And that's because of the bylaws?
0: Bylaws, and really like any nonprofit, you need a board. You need a governing body. Okay. Right? And that's who the council is. They're that group of people who are maintaining the financial oversight, who are making commitments and answering questions about that kind of larger thing. And so if you don't have a group of people who are willing to do that, then your organization has a problem. Yeah. Well, I got to be honest. It sounds like a scary thing to do. It can be. Mm-hmm. I think that it can be scary to have that level of leadership or commitment. And at the same time, I think it's a really awesome opportunity. Our council right now, we're in a year of change. Five years ago, we made this change to have at-large members. So we're not locked into having to have this be committee members from the past. So this can be all brand new folks or folks, you know, it's best to have a mix of Uh like, folks who haven't done the work around here before and folks who really have done the work around here and bring them in for different perspectives. But this is now a group of people who really can spend their energy and time saying, I would like to go check out what these three different groups are doing and then come back to council and say, you know, it seems like our, our program for children and young families is going great down at the bottom, but we're really missing opportunities for the youth. And so I would really like to see us put some effort and some energy around this. So could six of you spend your time with me, like half the council? Could could you spend your time with me in the next three months really committing to working with the high school youth right now? Uh And they could have that energy to really pour into meeting the goals of the congregation. One of the things that we just did was our current council, many of whom are terming out and will be stepping off of council at the end of December, we met for a retreat. Okay. And we met for four hours with food and conversation around, we've had goals for our congregation for the last year, and they really helped. The three goals that we had really helped us, and especially the staff, to have some clear ideas of the things we wanted to focus our time on. And so as a council, we started to lift up what are some other ideas of some new goals that we could have as a congregation that will take us forward to the next step. And they got to be that visioning body of people who could talk about the hopes and dreams for our congregation, where we want to go and who we want to be in this city, in this place, in this town, in this time. That's really exciting work. Mm-hmm. And it's a shift in how things have been done, and it's not quite clear exactly how it's going to go in the future. How Who our council is, is different, and it's going to be different. And so we're looking for people who kind of have that entrepreneurial spirit, who have that excitement and that vision, and that hope for where this congregation can go in the future to step onto the leadership board, to be able to take a deeper look at our finances and how we spend our money and where we invested and take a look at, okay, these are our goals and how are we going to achieve them together as a group? That kind of thing, if that sounds at all exciting to you, which I mean, I think it's kind of exciting. (laughs) That's what it's about it's less about okay well we we need to change our phone system over to a digital phone system and we need so it's
1: not just the mundane mm-hmm. officey like the
0: mundane officey stuff is honestly managed by staff and personnel committee and our facility committee and they report to council but the council is the visioning group who take that opportunity to say this is where we want to go and this is who we want to be and So this is where we're investing our money. Yeah, there's some other like they vote on the fundraising and where it's going to get spent and they vote on members and they vote on those kinds of things. But mostly it's about who are we and where are we going and how do we get there? That's a pretty cool group to get to be a part of.
1: Well, you're certainly selling it a lot more than what my original thought would be, (laughs) which is more like when you're stuck being the president of the PTA. Where it's just <laughs> nothing but drudge work.
0: And since I've never been on a PTA, I don't know how bad that is. I haven't either.
1: <laughs> this is why I have stayed away from it. Right.
0: I think it's amazing the work that people get to do. But then again, I mean, this is what I do for my job. Too. Yeah. You know, like I volunteer for this stuff as my call. But there's something really awesome about getting to sit in a room and think about how the congregation, you know, what are our strengths and... What do we do that's really awesome? And where do we have some challenges? And how can we use our strengths to overcome those challenges? And in some congregations, the pastor is the one who does that work. Sure. Mm -hmm. In this congregation, not at all. In this congregation, it's a bottom up church, it is not a top down. And so, this is the group of people who are setting the agenda and setting the goals and telling the staff this is what we want you to be working on because this is the congregation we want to be. And I may come in with ideas, but I oftentimes don't even speak my ideas because what the members come up with of council is far better than anything I could suggest. And it's far more organic to the natural organization than anything I might come up with. And so this group of people are the ones who get to to make the dreams and get to empower us as the staff to help make
1: those dreams come true.
0: It's a lot more fun than people would think. You're making it sound like a a
1: job where it's less likely you're going to be fired for whatever reason because it's not necessarily about the drudgery of planning this and detailing that. It's not. It can be.
0: I mean, there are certainly points in time where, like, okay, you have the responsibility now. Like, you are volunteering to make certain that this project is going to succeed. But we've chosen this project because it meets this goal. right? So an example would be you may have chosen the project of making the patio a welcoming space. And so your project is to make certain that it gets cleaned, that we locate resources to put tables and chairs out there. You're going to help figure out how to secure them overnight. You're going to figure out what safety hazards there might be, and does our insurance cover that kind of a situation, setting up a celebration party for it, and then four activities throughout the year to make the patio more accessible. Right, So that might be that. But it's because we want to create an outdoor space for the local community and the three local apartment complexes within 250 feet of our building Uh to have a patio space to come where there's Wi-Fi and water and a chance to sit down and interact with one another because you want to create space that is a safe space for our neighborhood. Sure. Right. So yes, there's drudgery. Yes, there's commitment. Yes, there's work. But it's because we have this goal of reaching out to our community to create a larger community space. That's the kind of work that the council could do. And in that situation, it's not the council member who's responsible for doing all that drudgery. That council member's work might be to go locate 10 people for whom that is going to make them so excited sure, and just to walk alongside of them and make certain that the goals are met. Because then we've lifted up new leaders, we've engaged more members of the congregation and we're celebrating the various gifts that we have. You know, someone who can create a patio space is a completely different person than someone who can advertise the Northeast Indoor Park more effectively to reach more families. Sure. And maybe the council person is the one who knows who those people are to lift them up and to give them more encouragement. Sometimes council people can be worker bees. But more often, there are folks, or I think it could be, that we
1: could be the encouragers, the supporters, the cheerleaders. Sure. Okay, so you said there's going to be some turnover at this specific church. Yep. How much turnover are we talking? Mm, a lot. <laughs> Uh-oh. We have three
0: members of our church council who are remaining on. And then there are a minimum of three more at-large positions available.
1: Okay. So wait, get back. We're talking numbers, and now I'm confused. So you have a president, you have a vice president, a secretary, and finance the money. chair. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's four. And
0: three of those four positions will be open. Okay. And in the at-large positions, we have six to eight. Okay. Right now we have six. Three of those people will be staying. Okay. So we have between three and five positions of at-large council members available. Wow. And so we'll be doing nominations in the next month and a half. I <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to be present to be nominated. <laughs> well, you need to accept the nomination. <laughs> or you can volunteer. Yes, I wanted to do this podcast partially because I... Want people to know that this is happening here at Central, and they can step forward and serve. And it's not quite the scary thing we all think it is. That's I it. I think it's scary. That's <laughs> it. Like I, I don't want this to be like a scary, frightening. It's an exciting opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it may not have been all of this in the past, but it can be these things in the future if that's the energy that we choose to bring to it. Sure. And this is the energy that I think our current council members and those who are remaining on our council have articulated as our goal the things that we want to become. And so if that in any way strikes a chord in your heart, then I want people to step forward. Yes, you have to be a voting member. So for some folks, that might mean they need to join. Yeah. And go it's from easy. And go from being a regular visitor to actually being a voting member. But it's an opportunity and it's exciting. And we'll be voting on it in October. And if enough people haven't stepped forward, we'll vote on it some more in January. There you go. <laughs> and the new council begins to accept responsibility in January. Okay. But we really want the opportunity for new council members to be able to attend a council meeting or two ahead of
2: time.
1: No, nope, That makes it much smoother of a transition.
0: Right. Before they're responsible for it, we want them to have the opportunity to come in November and December just to be a part of it and just to see how things kind of go. And I I just have so much delight and hope. I have no doubt the Holy Spirit is going to do some awesome things for our
1: council this next year. Your faith is <laughs> a wonderful thing to see.
0: <laughs> but this has been in the newsletter for several months, and I think this is just really important. We have an opportunity, and it's an exciting time to be at Central Lutheran Church. Excellent. All of these things can translate to other congregations too. Oh, yes. But different councils will have different environments. So ask your congregation about council and what it's like and look at your bylaws and learn about the structure of how your church goes and understand it can be different than it is now. It just takes some work to get it there. So if you're listening and you're not a member at Central
1: That doesn't mean you're off the hook. That's right.
0: And if you're someone who is not a member of a congregation, and this has been a really weird podcast to listen to, but you're still with us, this is the kind of leadership opportunity that is available in many nonprofits. And so if you have an organization that you're a part of that's a not-for-profit, ask about their board and stepping onto their board. If it's a group that you want to help to be a visionary presence for, then Ask to be a part of the board and commit and give some time to those organizations because they are only as vibrant as the people who choose to step into the leadership of them. And maybe
1: that's where you're being called to step into. So give it a whirl. All right. Last question. Would you volunteer to serve on a church council? I don't know because I've always been employed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was it. I'm like, I don't think you can volunteer. You're conscripted. Right.
0: I don't have a vote on the church council here. I have voice, but no vote. Some congregations, the pastors get voice and vote. Sometimes they don't. But if I were a member of a congregation or when I retire and I'm a member of a congregation, would I volunteer to serve on a church council? Would they want a retired pastor on the council, or does that make it weird? It depends on who the retired pastor is. Well, that makes sense. right? We have a retired pastor here that I absolutely keep his wisdom close to me because he's brilliant and has incredible wisdom to share. and He's been a sincere, deep blessing to my ministry here. And there have been other congregations where I wouldn't want the retired pastors to step forward in that way. I think that depending upon how the congregation runs their council, I would volunteer. I think in this kind of an environment, I would totally volunteer. Nice. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about church councils. I look forward to sitting down with you another day on another topic.
0: As do I. And thank you all for listening to this podcast. And we would love to hear from you. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can reach out to us at podcast at centralportland.org or follow us on Facebook. It's wonderful to be in your ears until we are back there again. Remember, God loves you no matter what.